0: The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra.
1: Welcome to The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra with me, Tara Lockery grant New year, new you. How long can we get away with this? But do you know what? A lot of the advice that we're picking up on rteie forward slash lifestyle from experts that we've spoken to, whether at Pendulum Summit or our own experts here at home, is going to last you the year all the way through. So we're going to be talking to somebody about that in a couple of minutes time, about health, fitness a healthier happier you and also tangible doable tips that you can start right now as you listen to this so we'll get to that in a second and what do we do here in the lifestyle show if you're new to us you're very welcome is we look at areas like food fashion travel fitness motors and much more and we try to talk to people the movers and the shakers irish and international who are to find out how they do what they do and how they do it so well so you can find us on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle and in the lifestyle section of the the Now app and on Facebook Twitter and Instagram so you are an author a personal trainer a wellness coach and a speaker and you're here in studio with us Pat Dively you're very welcome
0: I'm delighted to be here thanks a million for having me and uh, yeah the time of year where I'm uh doing these kind of talks quite a bit, so it's great.
1: Yeah, you've been on Nikki and Jenny on 2FM. You have opening stores around the country. You are working as a brand ambassador for Udo's Choice, which we'll get to in a second. So Mm. you've a lot on, but also you're finding as well that you're kind of burning the candles at both ends a little bit because, as you say, this is your key busy time of the year. I suppose another busy time is September. So... What we want to talk about and what we want to get your help with over the next half an hour are tips, realistic, doable tips Towards a happier, healthier us. No matter what you do in life, male, female, whatever your job is, stay-at-home mom, out running a uh, big, huge company, um, you know, with with the network right across the, mm. across the globe, doesn't matter. We just need some of those healthy, happy tips yeah. that you can kind of talk us through, um, right through from mind and body, and then of course what we're putting into um these temples of ours.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, sounds good.
1: Um. So if we can start off, one of the things, you know, that you're reading up on you, I loved just to give people a bit of context is you were on, using social. Obviously, you have been for a while. And um, Sheryl Sandberg, a uh, former Facebook uh, CEO, noticed you. What happened there?
0: Yeah, it was funny. It was going back a couple of years and Facebook, I suppose, were starting to push the business element of what they were doing. So helping businesses promote their their services on Facebook. And I was one of the original case studies that they were using as an example of someone using Facebook well. And uh, yeah we got a phone call to the gym one day saying Facebook are on the phone and I thought it was a friend having a prank phone call and they said yeah we use your story of kind of going from five clients to a couple of thousand clients without a website because I solely used Facebook and uh, then I got an invite to meet Sheryl Sandberg and What? uh, Where? Um, I met her in Dublin and then later I got brought out to California to the HQ out there. So it was uh, it was a cool experience. It was a bit surreal. I I, I think only looking back now, I kind of realized the magnitude. I didn't know who Schelle Sandberg was at the time. And then obviously I see her books everywhere and I see her message and I, I think she's incredible. So that was cool.
1: That was an understatement, <laughs> really, really cool. So isn't it also amazing to think that they, they are well, we know they're watching, but they really are watching.
0: Yeah, it was, it was funny. We went in, there was press from all over the world there when Cheryl was there and she said is Pat here and I kind of sheepishly put up my hand all nervous and shy and uh, she said do you want to tell your story and I said oh you can tell my story it's okay and, you <laughs> know and she said oh Pat started his classes on a beach and he's grown this big business and yeah it was a bit of a pinch me moment but yeah it was
1: cool. so cool did anyone <laughs> film it
0: I'm sure that, yeah, there was, there was cameras there from everywhere, so I'm sure it's there somewhere. Go, but Pat, go get it. I know, I need to... Put it up on your Facebook page. That's, that's my goal, yeah, that's my goal for 2018, <laughs> get the footage.
1: Absolutely. Well, so you went from there and, you know, you've basically, um, in addition to that, you've done an awful lot of work for charities as well, mm-hmm. um, which we'll, you know, talk about in a little while. Cool. Um, but first, a New Year, New You, you know, a lot of people set these wonderful ambitious uh, new year's resolutions and i don't like when people slag off any new year's resolutions or say sure it'll be gone by day three yeah. but there is a, a and because i'm not saying but the and it does take 21 days to form a new habit what is your advice for people who've already maybe um are struggling to yeah. get their New Year's resolutions to fruition. But, you know, if we can deal with, with that little bit of advice there and then we'll move on for advice for everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated by mindset and the psychology of why we do or don't do certain things because we've got so much information. You know, we know what we're supposed to eat. We know more about nutrition now than we ever knew before. There's more information there than ever before, but we seem to struggle. So mindset has always been my sort of go-to. Um, why do we struggle? In January, I think part of it is setting the expectations so high And so last year, maybe we fell off the wagon. Uh, Christmas is a a time where you're out having drinks, you're eating all around you, you're not doing much exercise, that's kind of standard. And then when we're in that energy stage of maybe not filling ourselves with good foods, that's the time we set these big ambitions. So you're going from zero to 100. And I think then, you know, any little lapse and you feel like you failed. So the expectation is so high that it's almost impossible to meet it. That's one one thing I would I would prompt people to kind of look at Mm -hmm. lower the expectation, which might sound a bit daft coming from a high performance (laughs) coach or, you know, someone who's trying to help you achieve the most. But one healthy habit a week would transform your life over a year. But we all want 52 habits in the first week of the year, and suddenly. I love that line. That's so great. One healthy,
1: because it could be, let's say you take one spoon of sugar in your coffee, you cut that out. Look how much sugar you're cutting out over the year. 52 uh, of those. I
0: have an online course, and I wanted to put together this 52 week plan. But after about eight weeks, you're nearly saying, wow, I've almost ticked all the boxes here. Because if week one was water, Week two was more green vegetables. Week three was kind of, you know, cycle your carbs around your training times. By week eight. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. wait what, what? Tell me about that one again. cycle
0: your carbs so carbs to me are like we'll probably get into this but carbs are a little bit like an energy you know they're like pet- petrol in a car
1: I'm writing this down because you know what I never seem to know when it's the right time to eat carbs yeah, or protein it, okay we'll it, it come back to that it confuses people cool yeah.
0: um, so that's one thing I think lower the expectation um, January if you had two or three habits you were going to form in ha- in January that would completely change you I'm big on the big dominoes so like what's the small thing that you can do that has a big impact, and that would be water intake. That would be taking some yoga. That would be, um, you Drinking know, different right things now. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one thing the, the the second thing I think we need to consider every January, we tell ourselves this year is different. Everything's going to go perfect this year. And positive thinking to me is not thinking everything's going to go perfect. Positive thinking is saying there's going to be obstacles and roadblocks and all these kind of things. But how am I going to respond? Because if you don't have responses set, you're going to react. So if I fail last year with the gym, chances are I'll fail again unless I look at what went wrong. So maybe I say last year time management was an issue. So maybe going to 2018 saying time management is gonna be an issue because I'm even busier this year, that's okay, but how will I respond? Does that make sense? Love it. Yeah. Um, if,
1: I have, if my face was looking... <laughs> I love that because you're right. We we do have these Disney-like expectations that everything yeah. is going to be okay and then we face a difficulty. But I love that line as well. A lot of talk of that phrase of failing fast.
0: Yeah. well, It was funny. I was speaking to the taxi driver coming in. I get the most insightful ideas <laughs> from taxi drivers. But he was telling me about giving up smoking 20 years ago or something like that. And he said he never does it in January. He's only had to do it once. But he never Jumps in on on resolutions, and he does it when he wants to do it. But he said he was very clear that, right, he smokes more in the winter because it's cold. He said he smokes more when he's out having drinks. And he identified all his problem uh, areas before he attempted it. And then he said, okay, here's the date I'm going to start. It's the summer, so it's going to be a little bit easier, I can build the willpower and I'm not going to be in the pub for the first couple of weeks again to kind of set yourself up. So people have this illusion that positive thinking is fluffy and it's everything's going to go perfect and uh, there's no weeds in the garden. Real positive thinking is there's going to be weeds in the garden. How do I get rid of them and continue to grow a, a you know great garden? So
1: I love this. This is exactly mm. what I mean by the tangible tips, because what do you say? You talked about fluffy there. You, mm. What do you say to the naysayers? We get a lot of people who yeah. um, are very negative about anything to do with wellness, mental health. And uh, I, I mean, people are acknowledging and thankfully talking about mental health yeah. in Ireland more. But I mean, protecting, um, you know, preventative uh, therapies attitudes to wellness, attitudes to mindset that you talked about. What do you say to the naysayers?
0: Well, I think, you know, I do a lot of corporate speaking. And when you go into those environments, you've got a certain uh, certain demographic that will completely switch off before entering the room. And that's the kind of closed minded approach. Uh, And I feel if you've got a closed mind, you're never going to get anything new. You need to be open to ideas. It doesn't mean you need to accept them. But I think coming in with an open mindset or a growth mindset is beneficial how do you
1: if you're going into one of those corporate uh, talks and you're looking around the room and you can see it on mm. people's faces how do you turn them around
0: i mean i have to put people at ease and i have to kind of say look i'm not the guy that has all the answers i've got strategies that have helped a lot of clients and i feel they can help you too. take them or leave them good line I'm yeah already. well you've got yeah. a you know a, a, and and just, you know, on the flip side of those people, you've got the people that come in and think that if they do everything you say, their life is going to be perfect. And again, there's no such thing as perfect. So it's finding the happy medium mm-hmm. of saying, "I'm going to try some of the things. Maybe here, uh, if there's areas in my life where I'm, I'm I'm struggling a little bit, maybe I'll try some different strategies. And if they work, they work. And if they don't work, I'll try something different. But you know, the the real approach is if you always done if you've always if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get the same results. Yes, that's, that's Einstein. Einstein's saying Einstein
1: Einstein of yeah. insanity is doing the same things expecting different yeah. results.
0: And so I'll just look, I'll learn from anyone that I can and I'll try to put the things forward. And um, we talked briefly about kind of burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. And recently I was studying a sports psychologist. He was studying tennis players to see what was the most, what was the difference between the top five in the world, we'll say, versus the other hundred. Because they were eating the same foods, they had the same biomechanics. They had this, everything looked the exact same and he couldn't figure it out. And what it came down to was the 16 seconds between each shot. Um, what they would do. So if they missed a shot, most people would focus on I missed a shot and that would become the big message in their head and they just, re- if I tell you, think of the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> it's hard not to think of the Eiffel Tower and it's hard to get it out of your head. But then if I say Big Ben, <laughs> you think <laughs> of Big Ben, you know. So the, the best people in the world will have the mishap or have the mistake but rather than focus on that and get caught up in that, they put in a new image, whether that's like wow. a positive reinforcement or it's kind of a message to themselves. And this came from sports psychology. But um, the idea there was that it's not necessarily in the work period that you're seeing the growth. Sometimes it's the rest. So for those guys and girls, it's when they turn around, take 16 seconds between a shot. That's where the magic is. That's where the differentiator is, whereas the, the, the guys at a less elite level are not getting that rest period. They're not getting the recovery. That's when we talk about, you know, how busy we are all the time. If you're physically busy all the time, if you're training all the time, you'll get injured. If you're trying to be mentally focused all the time, your focus is going to drop. So the secret then is like blending rest and recovery periods in all areas of our life.
1: Love so, it. Yeah. I love this. I'm sitting here <laughs> just learning. I'm forgetting to, to nearly ask you the next question, which is great. Um, nutrition. Okay, so yeah. you you know you've talked a little bit about it there. We all at indulged, uh, Christmas, yeah. and we kind of nearly know that that's coming up. But to get back on track isn't always easy either. So, yeah. what advice do you give to people? Which is advice that will work all year?
0: Yeah, so I've kind of got a different approach maybe to some people on this. In that, you know, food is 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 so important. And um, you know, a couple of weeks without food and you would be gone. A couple. Of, but going further a couple of days without water you'd be gone a couple of minutes without breath then you'd be gone so i try to get people by foc- start by focusing on your breath wow. diaphragmatic breathing which is the idea of just getting some deep breaths in a couple of times a day you know trying to get into that habit of breathing into your belly rather than your chest that's the first thing and uh, then hydration 60% of your body is made up of water so
1: i thought it was even more
0: probably even yeah. more yeah it becomes less and less as we age i'm probably aging myself there a bit but we become serious? more yeah so I, when we're when we're kids it's probably closer to 80 percent by the time we're um you know close to death's door uh it, it's a lot lower so it's important that we we stay hydrated all the time and oftentimes hang
1: on, hang on. so as we get older the percentage of body versus or water in our body is less yes why i don't know oh god okay Jesus. okay um yeah
0: but, you know, oftentimes we'll have this tendency to overcomplicate everything. You'll have people asking what ratio of protein should I have and how many carbs of this and how many grams of this and, you know, what time and all these questions. And I'd always be saying, are you drinking two liters of water? Because if you're not, you shouldn't be concerning yourself with those things. Build a solid foundation first, you know, yeah. um, then getting into nutrition. I mean. Again, I think it's about sustainable habits. It's about making changes. One of the bit, things I'm big on is rather than thinking about eliminating certain foods, try to crowd them out by putting the good stuff in there. The more uh, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, more meats and fish, and proteins, fats and carbohydrates and, and fibrous carbohydrates we put in. There's just going to be a ten- I'm not going to want the junk food as much. You know, the cravings for junk food are a deficiency. We're deficient in certain things, and that's why we crave. We get cravings and we can mask those deficiencies, cover up those deficiencies and, and uh, you know uh, fulfill those deficiencies by eating a a food a plate full of vegetables fruits and uh, nuts and seeds and, and proteins
1: what about um The carbs you were talking about earlier, when Mm. if you're if you are exercising, when you're exercising, when is the right time to eat carbs and proteins?
0: Yeah. So on a very simple level, the way I kind of describe this is that, you know, carbs are like petrol in a car. And if I'm driving from Galway to Dublin, I need lots of petrol. If I'm driving from Galway just down to my local shop, I don't need much petrol. And so that translates for us that if I'm very busy and active and I'm an athlete, I need lots of carbs. That's my fuel source. If it's like we are here sat at a desk a lot of the day, we're quite sedentary and we don't really need all that much petrol or uh, that much carbohydrate. Um, So taking that a step further, I suppose, when we train, that's the time to have the carbs because you've got glycogen in your bodies. You take in your carbohydrate, it gets stored as glycogen in the body. When we train, we deplete the glycogen or a certain amount of it. And that's the time we can top up.
1: So before or after?
0: Either or. um, You know, one thing I, I always tell people is that I can read in a book that I should have breakfast at a certain time, or I can read in a book that I should eat 20 minutes before I train. You can read all these things, you know, but if I do those things and I don't feel good, it's not going to work for me. We are all individual. I think part of it is like getting to know our own bodies and how we feel and trying different things Um, post-workout carbohydrate. For most people, they're going to want it because they've worked hard and your body wants sugar when you've worked hard. Uh, that's why you see, again, going back to tennis players, they're eating bananas and, you know, uh, sugary drinks and stuff like that. they want the fast fuel source um, so typically I would say for most people post-workout having some fruit or having some porridge or something like that or rice um, you know still trying to go with good carb sources carbs are sugar and you can get sugar in a million different ways I would always favour getting it in as a, a minimally processed way as possible so you got guys coming out now promoting sweets and stuff post-workout and saying it's the same thing for me like the more naturally you can keep it the better but that would just be my take
1: what about po- protein
0: yeah so protein i think probably it's kind of a balance here um the standard kind of food pyramid doesn't promote a massive amount of protein the bodybuilding community or the fitness community probably pushes a massive you know a a, big big amount which is probably more than we need so it's finding the balance i would encourage people three times a day try to get a serving of protein um before
1: after workout if you are working out on those days yeah
0: directly after your workout is the kind Mm -hmm. of standard approach so uh, whey protein is a a protein supplement that's easily digestible it goes into the bloodstream quickly Uh, it's the fastest source of getting protein in so that's something people are in favor of you know if you've done a tough workout a lot of people will find it quite hard to eat a heavy meal after that for the couple of hours after so the protein shakes can work well there um but, yeah, I think it's been a bit overstated, maybe the protein situation in, in the last <laughs> couple of years.
1: What about the protein bars that are promising twenty grams of protein in one go? Yeah, um, well, I think similar. it's
0: gonna—you know—it's gonna take time to see, you know, the legitimacy of that. I know there's stuff coming out in the last couple of years that that maybe some of the bars are not delivering what what they what they thought they were. It's not having the same effect. For the most part, I think eighty percent of the foods that we take in. Uh, can be from whole sources and real yeah, sources. Yeah, like an egg has a well.
1: huge, one egg can have a
0: They call it nature's multivitamin yes. because it's got so much in it and, and the idea is, I suppose, if a food's got a label, it's because it has to list what's in it but any natural food, an egg doesn't need a label, it's just an egg. A banana doesn't need a bana- uh, label, it's a banana. Chicken breast doesn't need it but then you go into like processed foods and, and, and most foods, you know, a lot of foods that we take so if people are going to make one change, that would be like, can you steer more in the direction of less labels on the foods? Um, with that being said, protein bars and stuff like that can be a good. On uh, the go. Yeah, like it, it can be, the tw- you know, I, the 20 percent rule, 20 percent of the time, give yourself the leeway mm-hmm. and it's a better option than just, you know, a sugary snack.
1: Very good. Yeah. Supplements. You mentioned there talking about the whey protein yeah. um, and what, I mean, we're talking, you're also talking about Udo's Choice, so this is your chance here to get in. So why do we need them? Why can't we go with uh, the non-label foods and stock up on those?
0: Well, to be honest, we can go with the foods and, you know, the promote. Uh, you know, I work with Udo and I'm a big fan of Udo's brand. Um, but we'd always be promoting and he and he'd be the same promoting if you can get it from your diet solely, then go and do that. Um, but the nature of Udo's oil as an example, it's a blend of Omega Threes, Sixes and Nines. So, um get 3s and 6s are essential fats. Uh, years ago, we were told, don't take in fats. It's bad for you. So they brought out low-fat foods and then they filled them with sugar because you have to put something in to put the taste in. When you take the fat out of food, the taste goes. You put sugar in, the taste is back. Then they said sugar is bad. So they took the sugar <laughs> out. So it's low-fat, low-sugar. Then they fill it with additives, preserved, all this crazy stuff. So people became scared of fats. The reality is we need fats for hormonal health. We need them Good and fats, fats for yeah. Our, yeah brain health, for heart health. And so um, what's happened in the last 50 years... With the way the diet has gone, we don't get omega threes anymore. You get them from your nuts, from your avocados, from your um your oily fish. We just don't get them in the quantities we should. Mm. We used to get a ratio of one to one omega threes and sixes. Now we get, uh, I think it's one to twenty. So we're getting twenty times less. Wow. Um. So well,
1: uh, why? Because we're eating less of those foods. Yeah, we're eating more mm. processed
0: foods again, mm. and we're just not getting the foods that have the omega threes, which is a you know a natural um in natural food types. Um, omega sixes, we do get quite a bit of omega sixes, but we're not getting them from the right sources and um, we're not getting them from organic sources.
1: Like what are omega sixes in again?
0: Again, you'll get them across the nuts and oils okay. and, you know, which again are not that, that common in our and diet. fish we, oils. Uh, yeah, fish mm-hmm. oil will be one option, but fish oils are quite omega threes. Um, fish oil will be quite heavily processed. They've got to bleach them and they've got a, a, quite a long process in order to even get with them really the
1: salmony, oily f- fish. Mm. Really? Yeah, I
0: don't want to be knocking on different brands yeah, here, but yeah. yeah, coming back to the question, I suppose on, on supplements uh, of are they necessary? Um, the food quality is not what it was years ago. We don't know exactly where the foods are coming from. They're either coming from abroad or they're coming from like real big commercial farms, relative to what our grandparents maybe would have been eating. Um, so the the supplements, Udo's Choice is is, is organic. Um, it's it's protected by You know, these oils are sensitive to light, they're sensitive to oxygen, they're sensitive to heat. And this is a big issue with oils, you know, um, oils over the years that we put on the frying pan. Once you heat them up to a certain level, this is a
1: really good point.
0: Yeah, they become hydrogenated and toxic. Um, Where this is an issue is that, you know, any food you take in becomes a part of your body and every cell in your body, which means if you take in good foods, it goes into every cell in your body, which is great. If you take in hydrogenated toxic oils which we're all doing with fried oils, and um, that's going into every cell in your body as well. So that's now the fastest way of making yourself sick.
1: Sick. And Pat, the, the olive oil heated is not good. Rapeseed oil, is that right? Um, and this is, I'm kind of firing is that you yeah, to come back. So, well, all Rapeseed
0: oil, good, heated? A bit better, but all, um, ideally I would not be heating any oils if possible. Coconut oil would be the one I would favor because coconut oil has a much higher burning point than the rest of them. So olive oil would have a lower burning point. Again, that means the burning point means once you pass the burning point, the oil becomes toxic. It becomes hydrogenated. It's not the same molecules as it was when it went into the pan, and then that's going into your body and that's going into every At cell in your body. What temperature does it burn? I'm not sure. They'll all be di- different temperatures, okay. but um, I think. So know, what do you cook with? The cheaper, the cheaper the oils, the the lower the, iron, the oil. Imp- Boiling point is typically going to be. Mm-hmm. I would go with coconut oil. Um, but then your, your other option, obviously, it's things like olive oil or the using the Udo's oil is using them as, as more of a food supplement than a, than a supplement mm-hmm. um, or, or as a cooking oil you're using it to drizzle it on salads or in smoothies or off the spoon and it's not actually heated and you're getting the same benefits. You're not getting any of the risk of toxic factors coming okay. in. You're just getting the, your three, sixes and nines. It's a blend of kind of sesame oil, sunflower oil and coconut oil. You're getting all these blend put in together that he's developed. I have
1: to ask after watching him on the on the bottles and supermarkets over the years, who is Udo?
0: So Udo is, um he's a guy in Canada in his 70s and going back many years he got poisoned by pesticides. So he was, um, he was spraying plants with pesticides and he got poisoned and he went to the medical community and they couldn't help him and they couldn't figure out what was wrong and so he had a background in biochemistry i think and he, he started doing research on w- what made people healthier or, or or not healthy and oils was the big thing he came across and so he developed i think initially it was a flaxseed oil um, so that helped him with his omega-3s but then he was deficient in sixes and he, wow. he's just been working on this for years How did you get to meet him yeah this was funny actually um it's kind of come full circle so i moved back from dublin 2011, I failed with a business up here, a personal training business up here that just fell and didn't work. Um, I moved home Christmas Eve, kind of broke and depressed and, and not. What known. year was that? That was 2011. So look bar, at you, your <laughs> turnaround it story. Was, yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a it was a rough couple of months. I was mm-hmm. working a pizzeria, back living with my parents, trying to figure out my next move. And Udo was doing a talk in town. And so I went in uh, he's written a book called Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. It's a great book, um, but I went to see him speak and um, yeah, I was blown away by him. And now five years later, it's come full circle, and Yay. yeah, getting them on my own podcast. Go, soon Pat! Soon. <laughs> no, That's it's good. great,
1: really good. Now, um, I, know we're, or I knew this was going to happen. We would go up against time as always, but sleep—lot of talk about it. We don't seem to be getting enough. There was a documentary on RT about it recently. I heard that, yeah, yeah Doctor Pixie McKenney saw that, did you? Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think? Yeah, What's someone was asking,
0: we did a bit of a Q&A last night and someone was asking about sleep. And part of the thing we need to consider probably is are other lifestyle factors. So I might eat very poorly and drink a lot of alcohol and have a lot of caffeine and get eight hours of sleep. But that's a very different thing to maybe the person that eats really well and exercises and only gets six hours. So I think other factors do come into it. Um, I have seen it with clients that they'll change their diet, they'll change their training patterns, they'll do a lot, but they'll still struggle to lose weight. And I think that's down to the hormonal effect of not getting enough sleep. The really simple and practical tips that I always advise for people, one is, you know, when we... When we evolved, I suppose we went to bed when the sun was going down and we got up when the sun was coming up. Um, So that's how we're kind of biochemically reacting to light. Now, we're looking at bright screens at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. The bright bright screen in your face is sending a signal to your body that it's still daytime. There's no need to go to sleep. So sometimes we're tired, but we're wired. It's hard to switch off. I like that. So try to switch off the phones and the, 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 um, the bright screens about an hour before you go to bed. I'm a big fan of a tea called Tulsi tea. Uh, it's a herbal tea, T-U-L-S-I-T, um, just a cup of that. It's Lovely. just it's just another herbal tea, but it helps you to switch off. And uh, the supplement magnesium can be really good for people as well that struggle with sleep and obviously cutting out caffeine after a certain time. You know, I don't see an issue with coffee, but, um, you know, if it's keeping you awake, then there's an issue.
1: What What natural foods could you get magnesium in?
0: Uh, again nuts and, and dark leafy greens oh that's uh, true. I
1: was hoping you were going to say dark chocolate dark chocolate, <laughs> dark chocolate
0: uh, and one other thing which, which might be beneficial to people on sleep is that you know we live in a, a world of chronic overthinking we're always in our heads uh, it, it's there's massive anxiety levels and everything else now if we can get out of our heads it can be beneficial so I do like a brain dump before I go to bed and it's just a piece of paper and get everything on paper before you go to bed and you can kind of just sign off on the day and say it's like you said burning the candle at both ends Uh uh, there's always going to be more work to do. Uh, and if we were to keep working and keep working and keep working, we'd never go to bed. So you need to just write off the day sometimes and say, OK, here's what got done today. Here's what needs to happen tomorrow. And that can be a good way of kind of switching off and not be tossing and turning and thinking about what you didn't do and wh- what you've got to do, you know. This
1: is so good, Pat. Next um, <laughs> thing is exercise, right? Would you, are there better times of the day to do it?
0: Again, I think it's personal preference. Um, we did the Q&A last night. And there was a girl that said... Uh, I read a read an article saying that I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, exercise in the morning. It's not good for your health. So I don't know (laughs) if I should I said, look, whatever you whatever you need to do yourself, Uh, the secret to exercise is find what you enjoy. Find a time that works for you and stay consistent with it. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. We all want to overcomplicate it. But my take on it is we've got enough stress in our day to day life without adding stress Um, you don't want to add stress from your training. It's supposed to do the opposite.
1: Um, What do you think of short training sessions like HIT? Which is high-intensity interval training of 20 minutes or 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, as a trainer, that's always been the thing that I've promoted. Um, you know, I think different points in your life, you go to different types of training for different reasons. Um, if you're looking to, to lose fat and you enjoy that type of training, you're looking to get fit, you're looking to get strong, HIIT training works really well, the short and 10 sessions. Um, you know, I'm at a point now where... I look at what I want from my training and it's different things. I want camaraderie. I want to meet people mm-hmm. because I work on my own now. So it's, it's, that's one of the things I look for with my training and I, I want to travel. So I go and I do hikes abroad. I think you look at the different things that are important to you in life and tie your training around those things. Is your
1: upcoming climb, mountain climb, connected to more of your charity work?
0: Uh, this one's not, but I, I, um, yeah I went out to Nepal about a year ago. And uh, we climbed out there and uh, I met some of the kids out there and it was funny, I met a, I did a, I did a youth leadership conference and I asked them, what's your dreams? And there was a little girl stood up. They were great for standing up. I don't think we'd do it here. We didn't have the confidence. But this little girl stood up and started crying. She said, I want to build school. I want to build schools. My friends don't get to go to school. And I was so taken aback by her courage in the sense that she had no reason or resources to think that she could do it, but she had the courage to say it. And I thought of us over here and some of us might have successful businesses. and We wouldn't even have the courage to stand up in a room. And I told her we'll build schools. So we're building schools out in Nepal. So that's kind of what we're doing now. Wow. Um, from a charity perspective um, but this was just a different climb and, and yeah.
1: How can people help?
0: Um, well, the sc- funnily, I haven't kind of put the, put the wheels in motion with this yet but I've taken up jiu-jitsu in the last year and it's something I love and it's something I really enjoy and I thought it would be cool to get a jiu-jitsu club going in the school that we're building outside of Kathmandu. I thought it'd be a nice little thing for the kids. It's a great sport. I think it'd be great to have like just this this massive jiu-jitsu community emerge out of <laughs> Nepal. So that's one thing I'm doing is getting jiu-jitsu suits for the kids Excellent. out there but uh I'll probably try build another next year so um, yeah just tune in to me on social media and I'll, I'll keep people in so the loop g- the give plans. people
1: your, your handles uh,
0: just at Pat Divley on Twitter and Instagram D-I-V-I-L-L-Y okay. yeah. perfect
1: Pat it's been brilliant talking to you, thank you. I feel like I can just keep firing more and more questions so you'll <laughs> have to come back won't you and talk to us I'd again I'd love to yeah thank you so that is Pat Divley and um, personal trainer speaker wellness coach Um, the list goes on and charity supporter and worker am I right Pat did I tick all the boxes I think so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you and that is um, it for me Tara Locky grant and the Lifestyle Show for this week you can find out more on rte.e forward slash lifestyle we'll have Pat's interview there and also on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and we're on the Lifestyle section of the RT News Now app thanks a million for listening so that's it from me and we'll be back to you next week
0: The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra